0: Today is Pentecost Sunday. It's where we remember and remind ourselves of the coming of the Holy Spirit and the disciples. Jesus promised. He said in advance, he said to the disciples, it is for your benefit that I go. Because if Jesus was still with us, He would only be in one location at one particular time. We would have to fly. We would have to have pilgrimages. We would have to try and find where he is or hope that he would be a guest speaker at our conference. But Jesus said, it's to your benefit that I go. I'll send the Holy Spirit. I'll send the Comforter. Holy Spirit has many names. Comforter is one. Advocate is another. He intercedes. He prays for us. When we don't know the words to pray, the Holy Spirit is praying and interceding for us. Thank you, God. Holy Spirit. Come breathe on us this morning. Acts 2. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. There were 120 disciples in the room. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven, and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. That's, that's the coming of the Holy Spirit mentioned before. And, and today is I mentioned Pentecost Sunday. and Spend some time just talking about the Holy Spirit and experiencing the Holy Spirit because it's one thing to talk about intellectual things that are written in the Bible. But the Holy Spirit has to be experienced. We can't talk about the Holy Spirit and give you a true understanding and a knowledge of the Holy Spirit if you don't experience the Holy Spirit. It's going to be fun. I don't know exactly what's going to happen, but it's going to be fun. Now, some of you might not really know What this Holy Spirit is, who he is. Might be new. Might not have grown up in church. You might not have been in a church that talked about the Holy Spirit much. So hopefully you'll leave today knowing a little bit more, experiencing a little bit more. It's gonna be fun. Cool. Well we thank the band this morning for starting us off, leading us into his presence. Thanks guys ask George to hang around, but the rest of the guys can grab a seat. You can also take a seat as well. Now, as we get started, i mention Holy Spirit might be new. Maybe the Holy Spirit, as much as you know about the Holy Spirit, is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Kind of Trinity, you heard those things said together and don't, don't really know. Maybe you've seen some words in some of our songs, if you've been here one week or a hundred weeks, and uh, hopefully, if you've been here a hundred weeks, no, a little bit more, might have experienced some. But in in preparing for uh, t- today, wanted to try and tell you about the Holy Spirit. We're going to experience the Holy Spirit, but just something came across this great resource from this non um, nonprofit organisation that does some. Uh, great animations that explain some themes and ideas in the Bible. And I think it puts it in a really uh, great way to start us off, uh, talking about the Holy Spirit and in language that I think everybody can hopefully relate to and uh, grab some of the ideas from this. So if we could please uh,
1: show that first video. Thank you. If you've ever heard the phrase, the Holy Spirit,
2: and you want to know what it means, where do you start? Well, you have to start on page one of the Bible, where the uncreated world is depicted as this dark, chaotic place. But then, above the chaos, God's Spirit is there, hovering, ready to bring about life and order and beauty. Okay, but what is God's Spirit? Yeah, so the Spirit is the way the biblical authors talk about God's personal presence. The Hebrew word is ruach. Ruach. Yeah, you got to <laughs> clear your throat at the end. So what is it? Well, ruach can refer to a number of different things, but what they all have in common is energy. Energy? How so? So there's an invisible energy that makes the clouds move or the tree branches sway. Right. Wind. So in Hebrew, that's ruach. Okay. Now take a big breath. So you feel that inside you. Yeah, the air? Well, specifically the energy, right? The vitality in your body that you get from breathing deeply. That, too, is ruach. And this is the same word used in the Bible to describe God's personal presence. Just like wind and breath are invisible, God's spirit is invisible. Wind is powerful and so God's spirit is powerful. And just as breath keeps us alive, so God's spirit sustains all of life. Yeah, Ruach. happening in history from God's point of view. That's exactly right. And here's the problem as the prophets saw it. While God's Ruach had created a really good world, humans have given in to evil. They've unleashed chaos into it through their injustice. A new
1: type of disorder.
2: Yes, and the prophet said the spirit would come, just like in Genesis 1, but now to transform the human heart, to empower people to truly love God and others.
1: How will this new act of God's spirit happen?
2: Well, centuries pass, and we are introduced to Jesus. And at the beginning of his mission, there's this beautiful scene where Jesus Jesus is being baptized in the waters of the Jordan River.
1: Yeah, the sky opens up and God's Spirit comes and rests on him like a bird.
2: This story is saying that God's Spirit is empowering Jesus to begin the new creation. And we see this happening when He heals people or forgives their sins. He's creating life where there once was death.
1: Now, Israel's religious leaders oppose Jesus and they eventually have Him killed.
2: But even here, God's Spirit is at work. The earliest disciples of Jesus, who saw him alive from the dead, said it was God's energizing spirit that raised Jesus.
1: This is the beginning of new creation.
2: Yes, and it is still going. When Jesus appeared to his closest followers, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. And soon after that, the Spirit powerfully comes on all of his disciples. So that they can become a part of this new creation and share the good news and learn how to live by the energy and influence of God's spirit. And so
1: today, the spirit is still hovering in dark places.
2: Yes, pointing people to Jesus, transforming and empowering them so they can love God and others. And the Christian hope is that the spirit is going to finish the job. The story of the Bible ends with a vision of a new humanity, living in a new world that's permeated with God's love and life-giving spirit.
0: Cool. Did you like that? Yeah. yeah. It's cool. It's, um. If I flicked it the right way, yes, cool. Yeah, it just puts it... Yeah, thanks, Loretta. Um, puts the Holy Spirit, uh, just presents some different ideas or visually presents maybe what we know just in a really fresh way. And, and, and some of the, the, the thoughts and the ideas there which... I think it's really good to, to look over. So Ruach. I don't even know if I'm saying it correctly. Everyone say Ruach. 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 I, I haven't studied Hebrew. I, I don't know Hebrew language. But energy, breath, wind, it's God's personal presence as used in their language in, in the Old Testament. The Holy Spirit is powerful. The Holy Spirit empowered people at various stages to do certain tasks, like Joseph. And the thing I particularly love is the Holy Spirit was at the beginning of the creation of the world, hovering over the waters. And at that time, the Holy Spirit is part of creation and part of creativity. I think it was Bezalel, the, the guy who created all the ornaments and all the things for the, the first temple or for the uh, the tent of presence with Moses. And he was empowered by the Holy Spirit. So for me, that says the Holy Spirit is a source of amazing creativity. You know, often you, you, you might think of, depending on your background, you might think of church or religious people as... Not fun or maybe conservative or whatever, if that's sort of your, your, your upbringing or maybe you didn't know, but throughout history, church has been the centre of creativity in, in, in so many ways. You can think of, back, if you go back two or three hundred years, classical music and big uh, pieces of music that we still know of today, like Hallelujah Chorus, I'm not going to sing it for you, but if, if you know it, you know it. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. That's not really saying, I was talking it. Sorry, <laughs> I promise not to. And, and you think of some of, uh, in Australia and New Zealand, even less so where I grew up, That we're, we, we're young countries, we don't have a lot of old buildings around, but if I've seen photos and talked to people that have gone through Europe and See the churches there that are hundreds of years old and some are still getting finished and, and built. and amazing creative architecture, yeah. creative art, creative music, creative design. The Holy Spirit inspires people with creativity, which I think is fantastic. The Holy Spirit transforms the human heart and empowers us to follow Jesus, to love God. To love others. The Spirit empowers Jesus to begin new creation. Jesus did not start his ministry and perform any miracles until the Holy Spirit came upon him, until he was baptized. And then heaven opened, and God said, This is my Son in whom I'm well pleased. Then he went out and started performing miracles and did his ministry over three years. The Holy Spirit brings life where there was death. And Jesus breathed on the disciples, said receive the Holy Spirit just before he, he left, and told them to wait in Jerusalem to receive, to be to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, to receive the Holy Spirit, and to wait for the Holy Spirit to come for them. And then the Holy Spirit enables and empowers the disciples to share the good news, which for me is the ultimate goal and aim of the Holy Spirit, is to strengthen us, to enable us, to encourage us, but not for our own sake. To strengthen us and encourage us so we can go and share the good news that people would see the Holy Spirit and and what he has done in us and want some of that or we can bring his gifts and his power into a situation that needs healing, where people need wisdom and where there is a lack of the presence of God. In Matthew 3.11, John states of Jesus before he baptizes Jesus, before he comes along. He says, I baptize you with water for repentance. This is John the Baptist. But after me comes one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Don't worry, nobody's gonna get burned today. <laughs> so it's it's interesting, it says a baptism with the Holy Spirit and fire, and, you know, so often throughout the Bible, the presence of God is represented by fire. And in in great ways. There's just a few examples, but Moses and the burning bush. Moses had run away from, from God, he had run away from this calling, he had spent forty years in the desert. He had killed somebody. had run away. God got his attention by a burning bush that there was flame. And the reason it got his attention is there was flame and heat, but the bush was not burning up. This was unusual. It was the presence of God. There was light and heat that attracted Moses. The Egyptians in the desert, after Moses led them out of Egypt... By day, there was a pillar of cloud. By night, God sent them a pillar of fire to keep them warm and to guide their way. So the presence of God has been leading his people in the direction they should be going and giving them warmth and comfort and light throughout history. There was Elijah when he challenged the 400 priests uh, or who were trying to lead the country to, to worship other gods. And he challenged them. I think it was on top of Mount Carmel. He, he challenged them to have their, their gods have a sacrifice and see who, whose one would have fire. and The others, nothing happened. Elijah poured water and did all sorts of things to make it impossible for his sacrifice to burn, to catch fire. And God sent fire from heaven to consume the sacrifice and to prove that he was the one true God. So we know that it was promised that God would bring a baptism of fire. And God's presence is represented by fire. And, and that brings us to today's title of this message, Fire Power. I was trying to think of a title and I thought, oh, you know, you could... Firepower. People might think of rockets. A bit of like North Korea versus USA at the moment, and you know, people talk firepower as you know whose weapons are bigger. But this is about the fire, the presence of God, and the power of His presence. And where we see the power of His presence, there is fire that can burn figuratively in our hearts in our. In our in our souls where people talk about being on fire. It's where we are exuding light and passion and energy. So I'm hoping this morning that we can walk away with a little bit or a lot of encouragement of his presence. To, to feel equipped and empowered for, for the week coming ahead and to, to, to spread his word amongst our family and friends so Pentecost, at Pentecost, this is where we see the Holy Spirit come as fire. And as mentioned before, there were 120 in the room, and I've got a little video to show you. There were some cameras that were actually there at Pentecost uh, who, who captured this in its, um, you know, in its, uh, in its form. Sorry, I'm just having a joke in case you don't realise my uh, sarcasm. Uh, But we've got this video, there's quite a good uh, retelling of the story of Jesus in the New Testament uh, by uh, a couple of American producers and it it was um, for a season, it, it appeared on TV in Australia but... Just one video extract, and, and you'll see on the video there's a couple of like, TV title things that pop up, so don't let that distract you, even though I'm talking about them, so you'll probably focus on them now. Uh, but just a couple of things I'll point out. Uh, it, it's Pentecost. In the room, just for the purpose of the TV show, they're focusing on the disciples and close fo- followers like Mary. Um, but to know, on the day of Pentecost, there are 120 people praying. There were 500 people with the followers of Jesus 40 days before that. So Jesus came uh, when he died on the cross. On the third day he rose and then he walked with the disciples. He He came back for a week. And then Pentecost is 50 days after Passover. It's this big Jewish festival where... Uh, and they bring offerings. It's kind of one of their annual pilgrimage, one of the big ones, where people would come from all over, all over the known world at this time. They would come to Jerusalem to celebrate, to sacrifice, to spend time with family. And God chose this moment to reveal his Holy Spirit, to empower for the Holy Spirit to come upon the disciples. Uh, also in the video, you'll see somebody with a knife kind of come out of their hand. There's a subplot in the TV series about a rebellion which was happening at the time, which we probably don't talk about much in church. It's referenced in, in small bits, but that's not the, the main part. There's kind of some military stuff going on, but it's focusing on the upper room and the disciples, and hopefully just some visuals might... Uh, Bring a, a new perspective to the story. So, if we could please roll that video.
2: John, wake up, all of you. Mm. Wake. Mm. Come. What are we doing? We're praying.
3: and forgive us our debts as we we have also forgiven our debts and lead us us not into temptation but deliver us from the evil one Our Our Father who art in heaven hallowed be your 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 name name. your Your kingdom come your will be done Give us today our our days of right and and forgive us our debts as we we have also forgiven our debts and and lead us not
0: Your
3: will be done! this is heaven! must stay. The is Now we can leave this place. Now spread his word.
0: Has anybody seen that before? Cool. It's cool. See, at this point, the Holy Spirit came in tongues of fire and rested upon their head, that fire sort of the interpretation of of that. And at this point, what you see at the end of the video is the disciples who are uneducated people, they're fishermen, they're tradespeople, that in, in their time just grew up doing a trade in their village and, and earning their way. They, they didn't go to university. They didn't go to travel and learn different languages. All of a sudden, the Spirit enabled them to speak different languages. So then they could communicate. And as they did that, the story in Acts 2 tells us that the Jewish people that had come from all over the different nations suddenly started hearing the gospel spoken in their language these uneducated people, and and some thought they were drunk, some thought what what, what is going on here, they're just talking gibberish, and Peter stands up a fisherman and there were at least 3,000 people as it tells us, he stands up and speaks in front of them and says no they're not drunk as you might assume, it's only 9 o'clock in the morning so they had been waiting, and it's at the end, they get the gift of the Spirit, they, and then they go, we can go out now, because they had been obedient, they had waited. Jesus had told them to wait in Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit arrived. They didn't know how the Holy Spirit arrived, what Holy Spirit would look like. But as part of Peter's message to the people there in Acts 2.38, he says, repent and be baptized, every one of you. In the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So he tells them about Jesus. He tells them about the Holy Spirit and says they were cut to the heart and they asked, what must we we do? And he says, repent and be baptized. And at that point on the day of Pentecost, 3,000 people were added to their number to the church. So the Holy Spirit is key to church growth and and this, at that point, the church was 120 people. All of a sudden, it, uh, I'm not even going to try and do the maths on that, but it's close to 3,000% or something, I don't know. The Holy Spirit brought about the single largest day in growth of the church to that point. And there's other days that come later where others in the thousands are added. So we might go, oh, that's that's great. You know, that's the disciples. The Holy Spirit came upon them and fire. So, so why, why is that relevant to, to us? And As part of Peter's monologue, he references Joel 2.28. It says, and afterward I will pour out my spirit on all people, not just the disciples, not just somebody who stands up on the stage or plays the keyboards or that's up in front of other people. I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy, male and female. Your old men will dream dreams, your young men will see visions, old and young, male and female. Even on my servants, the low and the high, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. So the Holy Spirit is for everybody. And we are anointed. In Isaiah 61, this is one of my Favourite verses or passages of all time. I've read it, quoted it, uh, I don't know hundreds of times in total. Uh, every, every time I get up to preach, I confess this passage because of the power, what it talks about in reference to preaching in the Spirit of God. Isaiah 61. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. I thought I had written my message until about quarter past ten last night. I had, as I said, I've read this passage hundreds of times or, or quoted it. And then God showed me something new in it. And I I love that you can read something or know something and have grown up knowing it, and then all of a sudden, it just something new comes out. It's the Spirit of God that reveals, brings revelation to us. In the Amplified Version, it says, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed and commissioned me to bring good news to the humble and afflicted. See, I've always read this as the Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. A little bit like, the Spirit of God is upon me, I am anointed to preach. The Spirit of God is upon me, I am anointed to preach. The Spirit of God is upon me, I am anointed to preach. It's great kind of like you know, internal prep when you're getting ready to preach. Because the Spirit of God is upon me, I am anointed to preach. That's kind of how I've perceived it and just taken it in. But last night, and hopefully, this is an encouragement to somebody or more than somebody here this morning. The spirit of sovereign Lord is upon me because the Lord Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. The Spirit of God is on me. The Spirit of God is on you because we are anointed. You could flip it around the other way and say, I am anointed by God, so the Spirit of God is on me. I am anointed. I am chosen, I am commissioned, as the Amplified Version says, because the Lord has anointed and commissioned me to bring good news to the humble and afflicted, the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. Not just me, all of us. Jesus, the passage known as the Great Commission, where he says, Go and make disciples of all nations. He's telling the disciples to go make more disciples. So everybody who believes in Jesus is commissioned to do the same, to bring growth, to see the church grow. And because you and I are anointed and commissioned to bring good news to the humble and afflicted, the Spirit of God is upon us to do this. What does anointing mean? Well, anointing in the Bible is where people uh, had oil poured over them it was symbolic of uh, sort of a, a religious act. An anointing was meant to endow the anointed one, the person given the oil, poured on them with the quality of the, the deity involved, with the quality of God. It was done where people were chosen to be kings, oil was poured on them. When the first priest, oil was poured on them. And then when they set up the tabernacle and, and, the, and the temple, oil, things were anointed so they'd take on the quality of God. So we are anointed and the Spirit of God is upon us. I wonder if it's to bring that to life. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. Just confess that to yourself. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. The Spirit of the Lord God. Let's do it together in small bits. The Spirit of the Lord God, the Lord God is, upon is upon me. Let's think about that a little bit. The Spirit of the Lord God. The Spirit of God. The power, the presence, as we've seen in the video earlier. The presence, the creativity, the energy that comes from God. The Spirit of God is upon me, you. Everyone, the Spirit of God is upon me. We are anointed. See, when we carry anointing and power and presence of the Holy Spirit, we are anointed. His presence is like oil. I'm not gonna bring out an umbrella, it's okay. That's a little something I prepared earlier. The Spirit of God on us or in us. It's like energy and oil. It's like we are the wick. And then the Holy Spirit comes at Pentecost. I'm hoping this works. <laughs> and when the Holy Spirit comes, whoop. yes. now the fire extinguishes just behind the stage <laughs> in case something happens, in case I'm like, uh, fall over and get, knock myself out. And I, I'm actually not really sure where the smoke alarms are, so.
3: <laughs>
0: is this alright Ben? Do you know where the smoke alarm is? Cool. We've, we've done smoke machines, so I'm sure we're okay. So the Holy Spirit comes like fire. And the purpose of the Holy Spirit coming is to, to grow the church, for people to be equipped to, to relate to God, to share his, his word with others. The rest of Isaiah 61, we, we see the, the purpose and the outcome of what the Holy Spirit does in people's lives. Jesus quoted this passage speaking of himself as well. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners. So you might be feeling like you're captive or you're bound up or you're in a dark place at the moment. The Holy Spirit comes to bring freedom and release from darkness. Other versions say sight for the blind. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favour and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn. And provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes. I'm hoping that stays alive. The oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. See, when the Holy Spirit comes, he replaces. He replaces mourning with praise. So sorry. Uh, sorry. Morning with joy. Despair with praise. Darkness for sight. Captivity for freedom. How does he do that? Well, he gives us gifts. 1 Corinthians 12 well, I won't put it up on the screen, but talks about the gifts that are available to us there's prophecy there's healing there's tongues there's words of wisdom god gives us gifts to the, actually we'll throw up the first verse please michelle 1 corinthians 12:7. now to each one the manifestation of the spirit is given for the common good then it goes on to talk about the gifts the gifts are given for the common good, for us to spread his word. If I could ask Anne, please. Could you please come up on stage? And Mike, please. I'll pick on you. So as we are filled with the Holy Spirit, jump on that corner there and, and you can stay there. As we are filled with the Holy Spirit, we get his oil and his power. Others, as we encounter others, there's one for you. One for you. Sorry, I really want to do this. You shall the pass. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Yeah. Do, the, do tribal dance as we carry the Holy Spirit into a dark environment thanks Jared can we bring the, as we bring the Holy Spirit into a dark place the Holy Spirit brings light brings power and as we encounter other people we can with the gifts that are available to us hopefully not drop things we can spread the light we can spread the power Spread the energy of the Holy Spirit into other circumstances. Thanks. Perfect. I need to walk around, so I'm going to stick this one here. Just want that to be symbolic for us, that as we carry and focus and have the energy of the Holy Spirit with us, encounter the Holy Spirit, that we too, the purpose is for us to go and carry his presence and his power to the world around us. Might be walking into our workplace and people have illness or sickness or injury and offering a hand of prayer. Might be somebody who is struggling and giving them a word of wisdom, word of knowledge to open up their situation, word of prophecy, which is encouragement. let ask everybody to stand this morning. Let's just close our eyes and just look away to heaven. <coughs> Holy Spirit, we welcome you this morning thank you you've been here through our worship through this message and we just focus on you again pray you're coming upon people right now Need healing this morning, just reach out. Holy Spirit is here to bring healing. Thank you, God. If you need freedom this morning, if you're feeling bound up spiritually or physically or mentally. The Spirit of God is here to bring freedom. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. There is liberty. Thank you, God. If you feel like your oil... Has run dry, see what what happens when our oil runs dry, when our relationship with God runs dry, the, the source of energy runs dry what 's left is just the wick, and that's when burnout happens It's a very literal and figurative sense of the word burnout. The flame will go out because the. The source of the fire, the source of the the flame, the energy in that fire is just the wick. Once the wick is gone, that's it. We've got to keep filling the oil. We need the fresh oil of his presence to keep that flame going. Now I wonder if there's anybody here this morning that's feeling like you need a top up of his power, of his presence this morning. It's going to ask you to be bold and to come out the front. Just take a step of action this morning and to say, I, I, "I need more, more of the Holy Spirit. I need more power. I need more oil. I need more anointing, so I can go and be strengthened and to strengthen others." Anybody this morning? I've got some symbolic oil in this container if you don't mind I'm just going to put a little bit on your foreheads just some anointing if there's anybody who anybody else I encourage you to come forward and pray for these people as well and as we're doing that you too even in your seats everybody the presence of God is everywhere I encourage you to be bold and step forward if you want to receive fresh anointing, fresh oil, literally and spiritually this morning. But right where you are, you can focus on the Holy Spirit and, and You might not have been around church where you might see people fall over. What's happening in that moment is the, the, the power behind the fire, the power of God, sometimes just overwhelms people where they're just so yielded and open to His presence that they might stand up, they might fall down, they might sit down, they might cry, they might start speaking in tongues they might all sorts of things can happen it's just it's Holy Spirit working I didn't trip it, I didn't push it's just the power, power and presence of the Holy Spirit Your power comes, God. It's a new day for you, Brianna. It's a new day. Marked by his power. You are his daughter, he loves you. He repairing, he is fixing, he is strengthening.
3: Show Fire There you go. the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Father Son Holy Spirit Holy Spirit reveal yourself to us
0: People that are up the front can stay there. I encourage you to do so. The presence of God is here, and we don't want to rush moments like this. I'm aware of the, the time, and I want to let everyone else be able to go for coffee, but before we do that, something we do every service. We want to provide the opportunity for those that may have never encountered Jesus and have relationship with Jesus, or those that have done so before, but for whatever reason have walked away or fallen away and lost that relationship and that, that encounter. We want to provide that opportunity for you to accept Jesus as your Lord and Saviour and, and afterwards we'll have someone to, to come and talk to you and pray with you through that decision, what that, what that means. We just ask everybody across this room just to have their eyes closed. And if there's anybody like that, I will just ask you to raise your hand nice and high. We'd love to pray with you as a group. And then we can have someone join with you. If there's anybody here that would like to accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior this morning. For the first time or maybe need to do it again.